Podcraft. Welcome back to uh, Consuming the Craft with Puff here at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. With me today is Leah Howard from H&H Distillery, Cultivated Cocktails. Thank you, Leah, for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And you are a distillery owner, maven, proprietor. You, you wear a lot of hats over at the distillery. Yes, I, I wear a lot of hats. The <laughs> owner hat probably isn't the most prominent hat, actually. <laughs> no, because you do a, li- you're a lot of marketing, your online presence, you're uh, helping develop things. I mean, it's not just owning a distillery. No. It's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a, a crap, a t- a literally crap ton of paperwork that you guys do on a daily basis uh, to fall on compliance and making sure that your I's are dotted and T's crossed. But that uh, that's stuff you do as well. But what are some of the pitfalls that you've discovered? <laughs> give, them, give them a little background about your story. H&H has been around for a little while. Yeah. Making some great products. You got a great rum, uh, great gin, yeah, coffee liqueur you guys just released, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about because we helped you guys kind of cultivate that here. See you later there. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, <laughs> A plus for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so how long have you guys been around? Tell your story a little bit. We've, so... Officially, since 2015, um, Taylor and Wendell are really the core owners of the distillery. And Taylor's your husband. Taylor's my husband. Wendell's my father-in-law. Taylor is dreamy, by the way. For everyone out there, imagine um, if Brad Pitt and George Clooney had a baby. If I could, if I could make him be the face of the distillery instead of me. We would probably be doing better than we are. <laughs> he just he, refuses. He's dreamy. There's not. Much, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. He is very dreamy. Um, it's nice to be able to work with the, with dreamy every once in a while. <laughs> Everyone, when <laughs> when we get the opportunity to actually be together. When you guys aren't seeing each other in the hallway in the morning, right. and we're like, "Oh, see you at work Bye. later. Bye." Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we 2015 was our like open start date. Um, we had just had a child, so he was like. Wait, six you guys opened old. a distillery and had a baby at the same. That's <laughs> yeah. wow. Why don't you move cross country too at the same right. time? Wouldn't that make sense? We should have done more yeah. with our lives. I really don't know what we're doing. Actually. <laughs> you guys are insane. A six month old, and you tried to. Okay, yeah. bold strategy. All it right. was it was kind of crazy, um, but we did it. <laughs> kind of. It was kind of crazy, and we launched the first product in 2016. That was the rum. So we took a while to develop that that um, recipe, hone in on what we really wanted. I think there was like a underlying dynamic of what we wanted but we weren't sure like do we want a sweet rum what do we want it to taste like what what's the basis so so that's that's the thing you can't distill at home legally you can't you're not supposed to at all i'm not saying it doesn't happen but if you're going to i'm glad you guys took a year to develop your product because there's a lot of people that are coming out of the gate from the get-go getting their still one day getting their license and then trying to distill and sell product. And really there is a R&D period that everyone needs to learn how to run their still. 100%. Because in the, in any cocktail market, whatever, whatever product it is, I've seen the progression of people get better at what they're doing. And I wish they would have the capital to do what you guys did and develop the product before we went to market. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I tell a funny story when people ask me like, oh, how did you guys start the distillery? And I'm, I'm always like, 
they're like, oh, you were you were moonshiners before. No, you, we ran it. No, like none of that is true. We we legitimately like I owned a spa and he's an engineer and works for a utilities company. Like this, there's no fun story about us moonshining. <laughs> you didn't find grandpa's recipe in the in the no. yeah no. It was none of that. But it is funny because you're right. Like you can't legally you can legally make a certain amount i believe it's like 500 gallons a year or something like wine and beer if you're gonna so consume it's it it's 100 gallons 100 per gallons. adult per household okay so with you and your husband at your house you could make 200 200 gallons, gallons of wine 200 gallons of beer okay. probably 200 that's but that's it right you're not i mean not that they're check i mean if you're drinking 200 gallons of your own wine and beer every year at your house you, you're probably not as productive. Saving money. Yeah, <laughs> you're, right. you're probably not as productive as you maybe need to be. Yeah, right. Uh, but that's that's a lot. That's a large volume. But you cannot distill at your house. Anything, right. Nothing at all. Not at any given number. So, yeah, the story I tell is about, like, how do you figure that out, right? And so people may or may not try to do that themselves you know, before like I said, I, they start. I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm it just saying it's might illegal. Happen, and if it happens, <laughs> the federal government might send you a letter that says, according to your purchases, you probably have the things to make a still, and we need you to disassemble it. And I might have that letter, and I need. <laughs> oh my to god! Hang I need to see that letter. <laughs> I want to see that. Could I get a copy of that? Yeah. Because I want to. Sh- and the reason I say this is because we teach distillation here. We've had a lot of students be real. Like we have a, a hundred gallon pot. So you've seen our equipment, and we have all these students going. Oh, I'm gonna. I can't wait to go home and do that. And I'm like, D- don't do it's, it. It's like ten thousand dollar fine and five years potentially in federal prison if. Yeah. You get caught with. Any of the, like a lot of different pieces of this stuff is each in an individual fine. Mm-hmm. And they, um, I don't know if people don't know this, but uh, the government don't play. <laughs> <laughs> no, the government don't play. They do actually watch what you're buying. Yes. Um, so pay with cash. And <laughs> well, and one of the things I told my students, and, and I probably shouldn't say this because now I'm going to get audited or whatever, but buy one part from one company, one where buy other parts from other companies and ship them individually to other places or P.O. box, do stuff. Don't distill at home. You can buy an essential oil distiller and make essential oils. You can buy a perfume distiller and make uh, perfumes and other uh, botanical extracts. Yeah. But And some people will take those for the nefarious purpose of doing some sort of uh, educational distillation. Um, but even at like the high school level, you're supposed to apply to the TTB, get a permit to be able to do uh, that, like the demonstration of ethanol production or yeah. even biodiesel or any of these things that you're you're refining at that point. There is yeah. regulation. Like a non-distillery distilling permit. Correct. There, you know, it's a thing for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that was hard because what are you going to do? You can't. You can't practice. You can't. I mean, this, you, this, what the students have here is probably the best opportunity that they have to be able to actually practice the trade because there's, I will, I, I say there's 73 distilleries in North Carolina, but I just learned about two that I didn't even know about. So there's <laughs> 75 at least distilleries in North Carolina. And all of us started, all of us kind of like a very similar story. Yeah. None of us went to school for this, really. Correct. I mean, Taylor went out to Colorado and went to a distilling school out there for like a week or something. And 
um, went down to Old Smoky and spent some time on premise. So it wasn't like we didn't do our due diligence, but we didn't go to school here like for this. And so, you know, it's amazing to me that we all just, we were just did it. You just, you just do it and you have to figure and, it out. And you have to do it over and over and over. And yeah. you have to make, people learn from their mistakes. Oh yeah. And unfortunately they're expensive in this right? industry. No, they're very expensive. And like, don't sell your mistakes. Don't sell your mistakes. Don't sell your mistakes because there's so there's not very many of us and, and those of us who have to come behind you when you made that mistake can't sell our product because <laughs> yeah. people think like it's going to be bad. But yeah, it's it, it was it, we took a year to develop rum um, and we we ended up with the, what I think is a great recipe. Um, you guys make over, a great rum. It went over it, really it's well. It's delicious. Yeah. It's a easily made into a cocktail or easily, you know, sipped on its own. So, yeah. so I think that was a huge success. And then it took us a year and a half to develop the, the gin recipe. So yeah. we didn't come right out with that either. Um, and, and I think our gin, you know, is probably my favorite gin. Um, I do like Monkey 47. I do like Mother Earth has a bomb gin too. I mean, I like other gins, but I think ours is, we nailed that. If, yeah, you know. no, no, it's delicious. So take, take, time to do it is definitely part of legal time to do it taking legal time to figure it out is definitely part of it and and the other thing too is people have to realize like the scalability of some of the stuff you potentially may be doing at home research wise is different when you get a commercial size still you still have to learn how to use that piece of equipment to emulate the same flavors you're trying to make whether it's buying essences or something along those lines, you have to be able to craft that into it. And you mentioned selling. Uh, selling in the state of North Carolina is not the easiest uh, avenue for, for people. And there's, I know there's some legislation right now that could be phenomenal for you and the other yeah. 75 distilleries in the state. Um, there's also some legislation that would be terrible for you guys as well. Yeah. Um, so I hope that everyone can get on board with the craft uh, craft spirit movement and give you guys the tools to be able to help a small business owner like yourself sell the stuff you're making. Yeah, selling is, our um, previous distiller, Jason Riggs said, you know, he always said, we're not in the business of making spirits. We're in the business of selling spirits. And it's a, it's a true story. I mean, it, it yes, we are. We Anybody can make it with a legal permit, right? Like yeah. whatever. But what, then what do you do with it? Well, I tell my students, you can make the best whatever X in the world. I don't care if it's shoes, cars, IPA, rum. But if you can't tell anybody about it and sell it, you've got a lot of inventory and you're screwed. Yeah, which is kind of what we have to deal with on a regular basis just due to like the le- legislation and yeah. laws. And so, no, there is um, there are several bills right yeah. now that could really help us. One just passed the House. That is not the bill that um, McGrady is championing for us. Yeah. Um, it is a different one. It is more for the mixed beverage industry. Okay. But they were kind enough to like slot in some things that were really beneficial for us. Um, one of them being on-site ABC tastings. One of them being uh, us being able to ship direct to consumer out of state. Oh, wow. That could be huge. Which yes. would be phenomenal, especially in this in this city. You know, we're, yes. we're a tourist city and I get people all the time. They're like, oh, but I'm, you know, I live in... Sri Lanka. It, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I've had people from all over the world come yep. and we can't ship it 
to them. And, and that's very frustrating. And then the other um, portion to that was unlimited sales in the distillery. And so, you know, five bottles per person per year, we only have three SKUs right now. So yeah. if, if you want one of everything, you're good. You, and then you have two more for the rest of the year. Then you got to go to the ABC store or, you, or whatever. Yeah, but, but you guys are constantly looking to, for development. And I know you guys worked on a, quite a few products. So you have three now, but, but 10 we, years yeah. from now, you're going to not have just three. Right. No, absolutely. Is my guess. And, we, and North Carolina has changed their, like, you can't just up and um, develop a product and then release it whenever you want. You have right. to hit these dates that they provided for us four There's times a year. Four times a yeah. year where you have to go beg for them to buy it. Yes. And then you have to have... $5,000 worth of sales in a year for them to continue to have it. Off of their, in ABC, yeah. So yeah. like the ABC needs to be making a profit. Yeah, so you have that. to sell a certain amount of cases a year to, mm -hmm. for them to continue to hold your product. Right. The, then what do you do if you don't reach that? Like you yeah. have this super niche, like crazy liqueur you guys come up with. And it's amazing. And people around the world are demanding it. Like mixologists in New York want it and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't necessarily sell well in the eastern part of the state where you guys are on the western part of the state. Right. So what do you do? Well, there is a there are different codes. So um, a special 20 code is like seasonal. So if I wanted to release something seasonally, we'd have three months. We ship a certain portion down there and then it's done. So it doesn't have to meet that. Oh, okay. That quota. However, one step beyond that is something we could carry on a more regular basis, not seasonal, but boutique code and that boutique code is something that it doesn't get put in the book that goes out to all the like bartenders and stuff to look at a code and like order it from the ABC store you would have to know it's there and you would uh. have to order it yourself and you would have to want it but it would allow us to sell it out of the distillery which is great which is great yeah. you know maybe I only want to do that or I only care about that or you know, certain people, the chemist has a boutique code product and there are some bars that did order it. They do know it's there. It's available. They can get it. Um, and well, I think they, And it's a part of telling the people about it. I mean, that's part right. of the marketing. That's part of, I've got inventory and I need to move it, but how do you, well, and with those boutique kind of things, it could be something where something is harvested, you're doing it seasonal. It's like right. a fresh flavor. It's not that the flavor is going to go away over time in the product but you're only gonna make a certain amount of run because of the product coming into the distillery. Right. Which makes sense to put it under that boutique or seasonal code. Yeah, no, I think um, also that's a way to build up that product to reach that quota. Mm -hmm. So, hey, I've, I'm gonna start it off slow, we're gonna get a boutique code or a special 20 and we're gonna build up, you know, people wanting it and, and marketing and, and production. all the other things. Yeah. And then we're going to put it into what they call a um, six, six code, which is the beginning of every North Carolina product or a full code. Um, and, and then it and has then we to have reach to that, meet that. that okay. Right. But in the meantime, whatever special 20 boutique, that's fine. Um, but the problem with it that is boutique code right now. I do that and it's amazing and people want it and I can only really sell it out of the distillery. Or I am only really selling it out of the distillery. And suddenly I run into the five bottles per person per yeah. year problem. So everywhere you turn like, oh, here's the answer. Wait, there's another. There's another hurdle. Stop sign, yeah. So with, with the five bottles, so for retail, someone would be buying it through the ABC, but say it's stocking stuff for season. Right. And people want to bring a piece of Western North Carolina, specifically from your distillery, back to Connecticut, and they want to buy a case to give to all of their family members. That's not an opportunity, and that takes money out of your guys' pocket. Yeah, no. It's, and that makes no sense to me. 
Yeah. Then I'm going around the store being like, does anybody have a driver's license that I can use so these people can buy one extra bottle? <laughs> and you guys have to keep that license on file for how many years? Um, we have to keep it on file for, a, it says a year. From the date of purchase. From the date of purchase. And then it can like renew itself, which is weird to me because I'm like, well, how do you prove that then? Like, how do you prove that? It was a year ago. Don't you need me to keep those files for longer than that? Yeah, you would have to, you'd think, right? You would have to, you would think. Because um, I would come in and I would buy five bottles from you guys with my ID and I'd come back in six months. How do you keep that database? So we have a, a thing called Veriscan, which is uh, what so a it, lot of the bars you yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, and so we scan your license and it auto-populates. Which is another giant cost for you it guys. It is another giant monthly cost, absolutely. And it's very frustrating. Sometimes it doesn't work too, right? Because it's technology. It goes offline. What? what? I know. How dare you? Is Computers, this... I don't. I think they're a fad. I don't think they'll be around that for I agree. I'm, I'm seeing them on the downslope, actually. <laughs> So we we don't um, always, you know, we, we try to be as accurate as possible. A lot of distilleries are not using that. They're just writing it down. They're putting it in an Excel sheet, whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be a cost, I guess. We could... You could sort it by could, last name or something. But yeah. it just seems like having that database would be cost prohibitive to what you got. I mean, it you, I mean, it just be kind of a little bit ridiculous. And people look at me that aren't from here like I'm crazy. I'm no, like, yes. Can I see your license, please? And they're like, you just gave me a tasting and you didn't ask for my license. I'm like, no, no, no. I just need to scan it to keep your keep all of your information in our system. Yes. And I'm like, that sounds real sketchy. It does. <laughs> like, well, like, <laughs> yeah, which, the, which this officer can come in and find you at any point. Yeah. Exactly. No, and, and you know, it is kind of what it is. Like everybody has, every business has something that you have to do. You know, like I had to keep HIPAA regulation paperwork from, you know, signatures when I had our other business for five years or, you know, or seven years or something like that. I mean, every business has those things. Sure. And so it's not crazy and it's not unheard of and it's fine. It's just those things didn't prohibit profit for me when when they were in other businesses here, it was here it was annoying are, that yes. we have to do it but it wasn't you know it wasn't making me only spend money and creating this barrier for sure. us to make money and this is definitely doing that it is one of the things that um also to be fair the uh, abc commissioner said this is going away this is our like olive branch to you guys in the industry that we are on your side we do want you to succeed. They're going to get the same tax money. They are. Uh, yeah. And they're going to yeah. have to handle the product less. They're going to do less work. Everyone's going to get their money. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, like, it's like handing us an olive branch that's kind of just should have never, never had to have been extended at it's all. It's a no brainer for them. But it, they're making profit without having to do anything. Yeah. It's passive income for the state. Yes. But. You know, we are a privatized, or we are a not privatized uh, ABC state. And no, no, no. Wait, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So that's, but the, you know, the monopoly the state owns. The monopoly, of, and it is a monopoly, but it is. There's good and bad. I we don't, we are, don't need to. Yeah, yeah we don't need to talk about that. Definitely. <laughs> what we do need to talk about is this cocktail I put in front of you. Yeah. Now I know you drink booze all day long because you Do-do. work at a distillery, and everyone thinks that everybody at a distillery drinks booze all day long. So. Outside of your comfort zone, I I put this red 
it's it's not sparkling, mm-hmm. but it is uh, kind of garnet, maybe ruby, if you would. Uh, and we kind of talked about some of the weird stuff that you came and judged capstones the other day. We drank uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. So I thought that this would be kind of apropos for some of the things that you... Uh, so give it a taste. Uh, tell the folks what you think it is or what you're tasting. And uh, we can kind of talk about it as we uh, we do a little booze clues. I mean, it's very... It's flavor forward. There's no doubting that there's vanilla in it. Yep. It finishes relatively dry. Yeah. I don't think it's like cloyingly sweet by any means. It's not cloyingly sweet. No. Um, But there's a little like... Vanilla can be a little um, bitter. Tannic. Tannic. Yes. And I don't know. I think they did away with that. A little bit for me. It was a. Uh, it was more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a. So I wouldn't have thought. Hey, it's red and it's vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's red and vanilla. I wouldn't have gone there. To be fair. Fair enough. <laughs> but it's good. So this is actually a blueberry vanilla mead that one of the students made. Uh, for a capstone that you didn't judge. It was on a different day that you weren't here. So you were judging the distillery capstones. This is uh, on the brewing side of things. So it's a very interesting product. I do think that the if you let vanilla in there too long, it can get very bitter. Yes. Especially the pod portion. That's where the tannins are coming, polyphenols. And so that's something that can be pretty... Like when we say tannins for people out there too, it's basically turns your mouth into leather. Mm-hmm. And it's very drying and almost like um, it can be painful if it's too too much. But uh, yeah, yeah it's it's a. I think this is a, actually kind of an interesting wine-looking beverage. And it's like you said, you you hold up this red wine, and then you get this giant, not giant, but like a. a, a there's certainly forward it's vanilla very smell. Forward, yes. Um, and knowing how the student did it, I mean, it was it, the, the the pod was sliced open. It was a, a small portion of it, and it was a really high quality vanilla. And so there's kind of a balance between some of the tannins and some of that uh, acidity in this that happens from the vanilla itself. So it's it's a drink for not only breakfast, but for, uh, you know, afternoon and maybe even a- a- aperitif after dinner. And the ABV is? Uh, yeah, I think he's got it actually on the bottle. I'm proud of him. Uh, 9.84%. Okay. So he, uh, I mean, it's not crazy. No, but no. But it's pretty light as far as wine goes. I think there's a lot, enough flavor in there to keep uh, people honest and uh, keep it interesting. But it's not, I think people, some people have had a bad experience with mead, but we hopefully have taught them here to avoid some of those off flavors that tend to come out and be coaxed out of mead pretty quickly because mead is, is a honey-based fermented beverages. So we have the honey itself being the base material. That's just sugar. And so the yeast needs some other things and you have to make sure that the water you use uh, devoid of any chlorine. Yeah. So no municipality water. It's got to be filtered. Yeah. We use a reverse osmosis product. You have to the... when you're proofing stuff down. Yeah. You have to for that for sure. And um, we also, you know, yeah, we're making rum. That's straight sugar. So so speaking of your rum, it's H&H. It's Hazel 63 rum. Yeah. And now you are releasing stuff under cultivated cocktails. Correct. It's still at H&H. Still H and H, so our main distillery is still H and H Distillery, and on the bottle it'll still say distilled by H and H. Yeah, um, we are branding 
the products under Cultivated Cocktails and the store downtown under Cultivated Cocktails. Um, it really just as a doing business as like DBA, yeah, like so H and H is Cultivated Cocktails, um, and that really comes from a couple of things. Um, the first one is the fact that we went to to get our trademark and we've been working on that for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> and there's and just, people don't realize how hard that is now. It will, you know, when we started the, the, the main judge over all of the United States trademarking department, yep. right? He didn't recognize class, the club beer class and the liquor class in the same thing. Yep. And now there's someone new who does. And they're like, no, 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 it doesn't matter if it's beer, if it's wine, or if it's spirits. We if it has it booze in it, we're, yeah. yeah. Well, it, and to some degree, uh, I understand that because there are companies out there that started as a brewery and now they've and gone expanding. into spirits yeah. or, or vice versa, or there's a winery now going in. So it's not out, it's like these big companies, it's not out of the ordinary that they would add another piece to that puzzle. No. Yeah. So I, I, it is. I, I get it. I yeah. totally get it. It was a pain for us, no, but, it's kind, I, no. but I get it, you know? And so... And it, it, the change wasn't ever, like, advertised. Right. You guys weren't like, hey, this new person thinks this way. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes more sense and we should go this way. Yeah, no. We, Especially if you're, uh, like, all the marketing stuff printed and labels and all the other stuff that goes with a rebrand. It's just... It sucks. It can be hard. It can be really hard, but for us, so we we didn't um, we didn't get the trademark, mm -hmm. but we were trying to coordinate with the people who we would be in conflict with, um, and they are one of the highest. Ultimately, it came down to them being one of the highest selling, one of the owners being an owner of a very 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 prominent spirit in Tennessee. Ah. Just go with that. Um, and <laughs> they had more volume. Well, the, that particular thing didn't happen. Harry's was the beer, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they uh, abbreviate H and H on their caps. Ah, and so that's not super prominent. It's very Nashville-centered product. Sure. Um, and they didn't say that we couldn't use it. They just said. We're not going to say you can't. We're not going to say we're not going to sign anything that says you can, and. Um, please stay away from Nashville. But our distributor in Tennessee is based in Nashville. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and so I was like, no, I worked really hard to get this distributor and I really want to be in Tennessee. So um, we just took the opportunity to kind of assess what we have been learning in the industry. And that is that you need to connect with yes. the community in a lot of ways. And connection for us was originally through Howard and Howard, H and H, we're a family owned, operated, um, you know, that's a cornerstone for us. Hazel was the grandfather, that's his 63 Cadillac and we still have it and you know, all of those things. And that is something that people can connect with, but you gotta get in there and you gotta tell them that story. And but you have to be in front of you them have to, to be tell in that front story. Of them. And, yeah. and there's one of me. And so I, I need a story that's going to tell itself in a way or a brand that's going to tell itself. Yeah. And um, cultivated cocktails is a way to, most people don't sip just straight spirits. 
A lot of people do. I, I, I know you do, and I do, and those of us who drink on a regular basis do. Uh, how dare you? Um, I rarely... Okay, yeah, I drink it. I, I drink at work. I tell everybody only, I drink only, only at, work. at work. I just work a lot. Yeah, I know. I'm, All I'm the time right the there with you. It's for the kids. It's for the... I'm, yeah, it's you got to do children. it. It's for research and development yes, purposes. It really is, and it's a write-off. And it is a write-off. I mean, our so jobs are terrible super, the more we talk about it. super shady CPA out there that needs to contact me about that. <laughs> Because I have a lot of stuff to write off this last semester. I have one that I can pass you. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, but yeah, so we needed something to connect the community. Cocktails, right? Everybody loves a good cocktail. And that's a, a, a burgeoning, like it's not, it's not like it's out of fact. I mean, it's really, there's a lot more interest in yeah. specifically high level mixology, cocktails, people coming back around. Uh, new new experiences and new flavors and all of these other things that are being put in front of folks. How do we blend that with flavors that are already here and how do we develop more flavors? So the cocktail industry right now is booming. It's booming. It's huge. And, you know, everybody has an opinion about it. And we welcome all of those opinions. Yeah, um, I mean, we, it, you know, like we, we want to know everything that we can know. It's It's been interesting transitioning a little bit out of just the spirit making world and into like figuring out how to make good cocktails. We hired someone who has a great mixology background and she's been doing an amazing job with our product. And, um, you know, we are regulated here in North Carolina to not make cocktails at the distillery. And so a lot of people, a lot of the distilleries just, they just don't even take that concept into consideration at all because you can't do it in the distillery. But we were like, I can't do it in the distillery, but that doesn't mean I can't do it. Right. It doesn't mean well, that I can't make. And like you said, a lot of folks that are going to be introduced to your product for the first time may have a small sample at the distillery, but for the most part, they're going to go home yeah. and take your beautiful gin and make a gin and tonic. And it makes a great gin and tonic. Right. And it, and it's fun, you know, t trying to teach people to, I had a guy yesterday, what do you do with it? I said, we're going to make a gin and tonic. That's super easy. You can muddle a little bit of fruit in it mm. and that would be you know, beautiful as well, just like a just gin a, smash. Or you just or like a gimlet. Just a gimlet. Yes. Or, and, and suddenly these small little additives to this drink and everybody's like, oh my God, like I never thought of that. That's so great. And it's so fun to educate people on how to drink. You know, like here's <laughs> my spirit and it's amazing. My, and that here, is my entire job. <laughs> like, no, and, <laughs> it, and it's great because ultimately we're trying to create an experience yeah, you know, and a memorable one. And hopefully. a memorable yes. experience. And and I think that Cultivated Cocktails is doing that. Yep. And we are creating a, an experience that they can, you know, kind of hang on to and come back to. And we also have all of, you know, the, the things that you would need to make your cocktail. So again, we can't make cocktails. But what I can do is I can sell you <laughs> a bottle and everything a you're ever going to need. And the tonic. And we even have a, an herb wall. So do you need mint for your mojito? Like we have all of those things. We have muddlers and strainers and all of that. And so the concept. What, what you had the other day that I need to get from my wife was that flask bracelet. The flask bracelet. That is a wonderful one. You know what we sell the most of though? Hmm. This is fantastic. I didn't want to get this. My, my beautiful husband wanted this the handsome the handsome, handsome one yeah. and he was right i can't even i don't maybe uh, maybe you never, shouldn't air this now that this. i said that don't worry the um, one time you were right taylor the one That's time it. and he said we gotta get this gimmicky stuff too and i was like i don't want gimmicky i want classy whatever right we got the gimmicky stuff i put it all in one plot one place in the store and i call it the bro wall and the bro wall is 
killing it. Oh, I'm going to love it's the bro It's killing it. And one of the things on the bro wall is actually not bro at all. It is their fake tampons. And they you fill them up with booze. They hold, there's five of them, and they each hold like a, an ounce or two. But that's like six, almost six ounces. Sure, of, right. Wow, and seriously? You, that's you brilliant. Them, and, and who's going to question it, right? Some guy is going through your purse and like, opens it up for me, and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 you're good, you're good. If you know, you're going he's gonna, into like, any sporting event, there's no way someone's checking those. No way. And so we have sold more tampon flasks. Then, uh, well, we've sold more spirits, but out of all the other stuff, <laughs> <laughs> then we, that that is, it's just mind baffling to me um, that that's the case. And then right behind that, it, the the bracelet flask, man, everybody it's loves It's so brilliant, it. though. It's, a, I mean, what are you going to do? I've, I've had people um, come through and they're bacheloretting or, you know, whatever, you can't, you bachelor party. You can't partying. fly with them, but like, th- that's you can go pretty much anywhere else. Yeah, you can you can do pretty much any of that. And actually, you know, I think you could fly with the tampons because it's, what is it? like? Oh, less than so many ounces. Yeah. So you could yeah, but that fly might, with well, the tampons. But, but if you have liquid and something like that, it looks like if they're going to scan that. Yeah, well, you can get on with an airplane bottle, right? Yeah, that's true. But you'd have to explore them just take an airplane bottle. Just take an airplane bottle. Because you guys sell airplane bottles. We don't. And that's a whole nother issue because I have to ship a whole pallet of those to Raleigh. And they have to hang on to them and be available in the warehouse if Uh, I want to sell them. Really? At all. And so it's not cost efficient for us. We are working on getting plastic bottles. Right now they're glass. They're super classy. I love them. But but they're just too expensive. Well, and there's a lot of places you guys can't take glass. Like we we as consumers right. can't take glass. can't take glass like so to the beach it would be right. a great product like you're like having a mojito with hazel sixty three sitting on the beach I'm tears in my eyes now thinking about that like you you have you sell all the stuff for it put it in a basket bring it to the beach and just drink rum staring at the ocean well I I also have a flask that is disguised as sunscreen. <laughs> Need Are that. you kidding me? <laughs> oh my goodness! So yeah, the many ways to drink our booze <laughs> is is available, but no, I mean that's a it's a real thing. So what we're doing to combat that is we are putting uh, ready to drink cocktails in cans, and you can take that can anywhere you want to go. Yes, you can. I mean, and maybe that's not a, down the street, but. Well, <laughs> not in this state. There are states take where you that can to do Savannah. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so that's amazing. So yeah. when are those cocktail cans coming out soon? Very soon, I've got the label pretty much together. We're um, collaborating with Devil's Foot to do that. Oh, nice. So it's their lime um, soda that they do. Yeah. And our rum and a little bit of fresh mint on top of that and making that mojito in a can. So it's the mountain mojito. I need that in my life. It is fabulous. No, mojitos are... uh, Vitamin M, for those out there that don't aren't aware, it's vitamin mojito. It's vitamin No, and you're fighting scurvy, you're freshening your breath. I mean, there's not anything it can't do. No, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful product. And oh, I need that right. Like a can of mojito. That makes me want to cry. It's ready to drink, quite literally. It says it on the can. Oh. Ready to drink. Although you're still gonna have to get that can in the ABC store. Or from directly from us. But Which I'll just go get it from you. Yeah, sure. But yeah, um, one um, one bad downfall, you know, it's gonna be low ABV, right? Like we're shooting for like somewhere around ten percent, or I mean, uh, yeah, well, 
maybe and, higher and, than that. And but you're recommended like like pour it over ice and just drink it, or just drink it right out of the can. Just drink it right out of the can. I mean, you can totally pour it over ice, or put it in the refrigerator, and then you can just drink it. You know, it's two cocktails in one can. So share it with a loved one. So share it. Or find, or maybe meet your loved one over vitamin M. Movie that would tip. be fabulous on the beach. Right. Perfect. I like long walks on the beach <laughs> and mojitos. Uh, I can't thank you enough for being here. You're going to have to come back and we'll drink some more. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and thanks to our sponsor, Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms. Taste the way you remember. So thank you, Danny, for all the stuff that you do for the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. Thanks uh, to Leah from H&H Distillery Cultivated Cocktails for all that she's done for our program here as well. I appreciate uh, what you guys are doing in the um, the industry and what you're doing for the community. So thank you very much there as well. So uh, next time she's back, everyone, uh, there's probably going to be mojitos drank, and I'm going to do that for the children. Not for me. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Cheers. Cheers.